0: Let us pray. Lord, as your scriptures are read and proclaimed this day, we ask that by the power of your Holy Spirit that our hearts, our minds, and our very lives may be transformed by your holy word. Thank you for the gift of scripture, we pray. Amen. This morning during children's time, you probably noticed I didn't try to sit down in the middle of them. And there are several reasons for that, but possibly the biggest one is, is I probably wouldn't get back up. (laughs) Why, you asked Pastor Rick, could you not get back up? That's because my back is sore, because I have been planting flower, flowers. Well, actually, not actually flowers, actually bulbs. How many of you have planted your bulbs for next year? Any of you planted bulbs yet? Not yet? yet? Yeah, so I, I decided it was a nice warm day on Friday. I'll get out there and get some of those bulbs planted. And I started off, Uh, with the little bags, and I'm reading the back, uh, so I knew what I needed to do to get those flowers to grow. I had a tape measure. If it said to dig a three-inch hole, buddy, it was a three-inch hole. (laughs) I figured they make these things, they know what they're talking about. By the end, it was, eh, close enough. (laughs) Just throw a little mulch over it, it'll be fine. They've survived this long without me. It's not always easy getting things to grow in your yard, is it? It's really not. You would think it would be super simple. There's green stuff all over the place. It should grow. But no, the the stuff that grows is the stuff I don't want. The stuff I do want. Sometimes it goes well. Sometimes it doesn't. I remember a few years ago, I got it in my mind that I was going to grow a giant pumpkin. Did any of you ever go down to the pumpkin show in Circleville and then get that misguided idea that you too can grow a giant pumpkin? Yeah, yeah. Did you? Yeah. How did it work out for you? 182 pounds. 182 pounds is a pretty big pumpkin. I had this big old garden out behind the parsonage I was living in, and. Uh, one of the church members brought his tractor down and tilled it for me. And I'm like, well, I know about agriculture. Obviously, I'm living in an agricultural area. It just rubs off. No, it doesn't. Not at all. And so I bought those big old pumpkin seeds you do. And I planted them. And stuff pops up. And then all of a sudden, I realize you don't just plant the seeds. And all of a sudden, you've got a 1,000-pound pumpkin. Pumpkins formed, but quickly they died of different things. Uh, Some of them, I don't know if I didn't give them enough nutrients or whatever, and they just sort of died. Uh, One of them was pretty good size, but it was laying on the ground, and I guess I'm supposed to move that or something, and anyway, it rotted on the bottom, caught a deer eating one of them. It it was just not, not a pretty picture. It's not always easy getting things to grow. And that's not just when it comes to plants and trees, but also the body of Christ, the church. See, the Bible talks about how the church should be like a plant, like a tree, a flowering, beautiful tree, producing ripe, juicy fruit. But sometimes we have trouble doing it because we don't, understand all the steps, or we forget a step, or we don't do a step. So over the next couple of Sundays, we are going to be talking about the the five uh, practices of fruitful congregations. And you may have have, have heard about this. Uh, this is based on a book by uh, Bishop uh, uh, Shanice. Uh, he wrote, wrote it probably about 10, 15 years ago now, um, the the five uh, fruitful practices of of a congregation, Uh, but they are uh, intentional evangelism, extraordinary generosity, intentional faith development, passionate worship, and radical hospitality. So we're we're going to be looking at at each of those uh, categories over the next few weeks, kind of touch on what are those and how can we uh, as Christians um, be about doing that work of Christ. So today we are going to start with intentional evangelism. And I kind of want us to focus on how can we tell others about Jesus without being that guy. You know the guy that I'm talking about. The one who always comes up to you holding the Bible and wants to start quoting scripture at you right in the middle of a Super Bowl party. (laughs) Or the produce aisle of Kroger. (laughs) Or at your front door. This happened, oh, about a month ago. Got done here. I go home. And as I'm going down the the street to my house, I see groups of people, two by two, with their Bibles in hand, knocking on doors. And I know exactly what that means. Anybody else know what that means? You go home and you hide. (laughs) Am I the only one that does this? No, right? I don't want to discuss this. Do I know Jesus? Yes. Do I want to discuss Jesus? Not really. <laughs> the Beagle's game is getting ready to start. <laughs> yes. I the door I had a one time You're like, "I can use the company." <laughs> They're like, they're like, like, what is up with this guy? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm home, I'm, you know, why not? Um, you know, so I got home and I go inside and I lock the door and I have those little windows along the side of the door and I pull the blinds shut and the, the nurse was there with Owen and, and she goes, what are you doing? And I'm going, I'm hiding for all of our goods. <laughs> she goes, don't you want to talk about Jesus? I said, yes, just not right now. Why was I hiding? I don't know. It's because somebody is going to knock on my door and then try to get me to believe exactly how they do, and if I don't, then they're going to try to argue with me, and and I don't feel like arguing. I just want my bologna sandwich and my football. (laughs) So how can we discuss Jesus without coming across as the people who are constantly knocking on your door? Right? Because that is... And a way of sharing the gospel. But it's not the only way of sharing the gospel. 2 Corinthians 5.20 reminds us that we are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God was making his appeal through us. So we clearly need to be the ambassadors of Jesus Christ. But how can we do so in a positive way? Well, first, I think we need to understand that there isn't just one way of doing this. And for most of us, knocking on people's doors is not a comfortable thing for us to do. I can almost guarantee you if I said, Hey, everyone, after church today, we are going to go knock on doors and tell people about Jesus. Meet me in the parking lot. We're going I would get a couple of you just because you're super polite. <laughs> and people like Terry would just feel, like, obligated. No, I'm on for my afternoon yeah, yeah, she'll be home for a nap, right? I could probably get Nancy to come with me just because, you know, she would feel bad for her. Mark, would you come with me? Okay, Mark will come with me. But for most of us, that's not... comfortable way of doing it. So what are some other ways of telling people about Jesus? Well, if we look through the Bible, we can see a number of approaches. First is what we're talking about, the direct approach. And one person in the Bible who's known for doing this is the Apostle Peter, who we've been talking about for the last few weeks. He, this is how Peter did it. He was just sort of a direct kind of guy, and, and it fit into his personality. But there are other ways. Uh, for instance, the Apostle Paul used a more intellectual approach. He liked to uh, talk to people and, and to uh, uh, um, uh, get into intellectual debates with folks and, and to help them see who Christ is that way. Uh, the Bible tells us uh, about a, a man who was blind, who was he healed by Jesus and John chapter 9 uh, tells us this story of of how then once this man is healed by Jesus he goes and he tells everybody that he knows what Jesus did he doesn't really understand all of the theological ins and outs he just knows what Jesus did Uh, that's more of a testimonial approach uh, you have uh, Matthew, the, the Apostle Matthew, uh, in Luke 5, we hear how Matthew, who was a tax collector, was called by Jesus to, to leave that old life behind and to go and to do something new. And he invited his friends, other tax collectors, to come to his house and to have dinner. And he discussed with them his new life through Christ Christ. That's that's what what we would call a relational approach. Uh, Or in uh, John chapter 4, we hear about the Samaritan woman that Jesus meets at the well, and he transforms her life, and she goes, and she tells others to come follow her. She invites them to come with her to meet Jesus. We call that an invitational approach, Uh, uh, a a really... um, uh, contemporary uh, example of that would be inviting somebody to come to church with you or to come uh, uh, to a church event like last week's uh, pet blessing which by the way was awesome there, was, there were so many cute animals I even, even got to meet two guinea pigs <laughs> Obi-Wan and Anakin right? that's an invitational approach Or, uh, uh, chapter 9, there's a woman named Dorcas, um, my all-time favorite name in the New Testament, Dorcas. Before we knew if Owen was going to be a boy or a girl, I threatened that was going to be Owen's name, if she was a girl, or if he was a girl, it was Dorcas. Uh, But Dorcas used a service approach served others, shared kindness with others. And that was the way of telling others about her relationship with the risen Jesus Christ. So in other words, there are many different ways you can share Jesus with somebody else. And it doesn't necessarily involve you knocking on doors. Just because you aren't comfortable with one way of sharing Christ doesn't mean you're not capable of, of, of or comfortable with another way. We can all share Jesus, just not all in the same way. And just like each of us are different, our evangelism approach can each be different. So what are some tips if you're going to be talking about Jesus with others? Well, no matter what your approach is, I think there's a couple of tips that that are gonna be helpful. One is keep it simple. I am reminded of my dad. Tell me if this doesn't sound like a man in your life because a woman wouldn't do this. So, my dad, I call him up the other day, I'm wanting to, to run a, 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 a new uh, uh, power outlet in my basement, and I just wanted to make sure I wasn't gonna blow something up. And so uh, I said, do I hook this to this? And he goes, well, I can tell you, but before I do, do you wanna know how an electric circuit works? And my answer was, no. <laughs> Not at all do I want to know how an electric circuit works. I don't care about electric theory. I just want to know if I connect this wire to this, is it going to blow my house up? Oh, well, you don't want to know about electrons? No, (laughs) not at all. Sometimes we make things more complicated than they need to be. For instance, with Jesus, Um, uh, it can be as simple as telling people, About the manger. Jesus was born uh, in a manger to the Virgin Mary. He died on a cross. And then he rose again to become king of all there is. That's a simple way of explaining Jesus. And it covers all of the major theological uh, points of our faith. The incarnation, the atonement, and the restoration. Keep it simple. Jesus kept it simple when he told others about himself. Tip number two, merge your universes. In other words, get to know those around you. I hope I'm not alone in this. Maybe I am, but am I the only person who knows the names of my neighbor's dogs more than I know their actual names? Am I the only person like this? I can name you the dogs all up and down my street. But their owners, I get beyond, like, one or two houses beyond me, and I'm like, I don't know, it's Benji's mom. You know? Get to know people. When we merge our universes, our, our, our church universe, and, and our uh, uh, private universe, if you will, well, then... evangelism happens. How about this? Become the unofficial de facto chaplain of your social group. Now, for me, I am. If somebody needs prayed for, guess who gets to do it? Every Thanksgiving, guess who has to pray? This guy. right. Do that for for folks. If people, uh, 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 let's say you're at work and, and, and there's somebody who's having a tough time, volunteer to pray for them. It's amazing how many people have never had anybody actually pray for them. And they don't even have to be a believer, right? They just know that somebody cares for them. And if you pray for them, you can have a massive impact on their life. Tip number four, and this comes to evangelism, but I think this is just a good tip for life. Listen more, talk less. When somebody is talking to you, are you listening to them or are you thinking about what you're gonna say next? Hmm? I gotta tell you, thinking about that this week, half the time I am not listening to what people are saying, I am thinking about what am I gonna say next, right? I'm talking to Nancy, I'm not paying attention to what Nancy's saying, I'm thinking what kind of weird disturbing story am I gonna tell Nancy next? that I saw on the internet. Ask her. I see something weird on the internet, I come running right into her office. Nancy, guess what I just saw? And then what do I do? I go, okay, bye now. (laughs) I do. Listen more. Talk less. I think the most important thing about evangelism is this. We need to just get out and do it. Don't worry if you're good at it or not. Don't worry if if you're going to be super effective. Because you know what? We are all kind of clunky when we start doing things. And it doesn't matter. Read the Bible. The early Christians, they didn't know what they were doing. They just went with what the Spirit was leading them to do. And we need to do the same. I remember, I remember this quote from John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement. He said this, he said, Give me 100 preachers who fear nothing but sin and desire nothing but God. I care not a straw whether they are clergymen or laymen or women. Such alone will shake the gates of hell and set upon the kingdom of heaven on My friends, we just need to get out and do it. We just need to tell others about Jesus through our actions, through our words, through our relationships, through our service, and change this world for Christ. And when we look around us, we know that this world is in desperate need of Jesus. Let's be a part of transforming it for him. Let us pray. Lord, thank you for the opportunity to share Christ with others. We each have different styles, different ways of sharing uh, the love of Jesus. Remind us that that's okay, we're all different. Give us the courage to get out there and to make this world like the kingdom you desire, the kingdom you envision, the kingdom that will come. Thank you for trusting us to be your ambassadors to the world. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior, we pray. Amen.